Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. This is a podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, what have you got for us? Uh, we have... Uh, this is actually a good one. Uh, Akira Ishida, who is a 48-year-old Japanese voice actor. Um, known primarily for his portrayal of Athran Zala in the series Gundam Seed Destiny. He was chosen as the most popular voice actor in the Animage Anime Grand Prix in 2004. Okay. Well, it looks like we are uh, not escaping Asia in this episode. Ah, we're stuck there, huh? Okay, what do you have? I have Lee and Orange Limited, founded in Hong Kong in 1874. It's an international architectural and interior design practice. The group has a total of 550 staff and operates through its headquarters in Hong Kong with branch offices in Shanghai, Beijing, Fuzhou, and Qatar. Okay, well, so the question is, do we want to go commerce or do we want to go entertainment? Hmm. I mean, that's the fast... You seem like you have the fast track out of Asia, and I fear that my <laughs> article is going to take a fast track further in. We're going to yeah. go straight to Japan, specifically. <clears throat> We're going to go further. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go into anime. I don't know if we want to go into <laughs> anime. That can get that could get bad real fast. It could get on people's uh, nerves. <laughs> if anybody's out there to get that joke. I don't know, I don't know how much the <laughs> listeners are uh, interested in having a film episode streak that's true because the last two episodes oh, have been almost entirely we <laughs> because we ended up with mothra okay yeah so i, I don't we know should... i mean like if if we had some feedback about them maybe we would know if they're like yes keep doing film related things as opposed to yeah because then we could just run wild with that we can turn yeah. almost anything into a film that's the that's that's true. if you really that's try very true there are more. How could we get from Lee and Orange to a Clockwork Orange? That's the question. I mean, that's uh, anyway. <laughs> no, let's let's go but Lee and Orange. You're it, right because uh, is it Lee with one e? L e i g h. That's the Lee, not the uh, other. Lee. All right. Okay. Although we could just say you know whatever. Let's just go film and see what happens. <laughs> Well, let's go Lee and Orange because, you know, architecture. Yeah, we always like good architecture. And we don't get architecture that often. Yeah, especially, I don't know if we've ever... Done from the onset. Or in Asia. Yeah, that's new. We've done some... uh, European ones, for sure. Yeah, a lot of European stuff, American stuff. This is the first one in Asia, but I guess Hong Kong kind of makes sense. Yeah. And Asia has some really cool architecture from the small snippets that I've seen. Okay. Have you gotten to the article? I'm on the article. Okay. I'm looking at the buildings in the Hong Kong district and also my phone. I profess I was looking at my phone. Um, (laughs) But there's also a lot more going on as far as a diversity profile for this particular architecture firm that kind of jumps Mm -hmm. out at me and I guess the reason might be because they started out in 1874 in Hong Kong and Hong Kong's got through got through quite a few transitions (laughs) since that point in time like culturally yeah so but the 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 thing that amazes me is how they started out and where they progressed to there are some of the works that are selected from this firm it starts out with Dairy Farm Depot which in 1892, you wouldn't think, you know, why does that need to be architectured? Why don't you just make that? 
But then if you look at the building, it's actually quite a fascinating little thing. It's one of those buildings that's kind of like a wedge shape because it's on a corner mm. between two uh, yeah. streets that come at an intersection at like a 15-degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of kind of a cool thing, and they've, they actually did put some thought into that one. That's uh, impressive. For 1892, that, that looks very modern. <laughs> yeah. Even though it says 1913 on the top of it, so I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, <laughs> they do have a slightly different calendar in China, but I didn't think it was off by that much. One thing that is interesting to me, and I don't know if this is just my uh, Western ignorance or what, but none of the names in this architectural firm sound even remotely Asian to me. Hold on. Or Chinese or Hong Kong. There's the... the f- I mean, actually, no. It's, Every building it's, itself does not sound sort of... Only when there is like a proper name brought into the equation does it yeah. then, re- then you, do you then realize, oh, this is in Asia. Like the firm started as Sharp and Danby, which is We're, still very Western. <laughs> yeah, and then it went to Danby and Lee. Okay, and then Danby, Lee, and Orange. And they kicked out Danby. And then it, yeah, and then it was just into Lee and Orange, which I. I mean, I don't know. Is orange? What is orange? Is that a last it's name? A person, probably. Is unless they unless <laughs> Lee was literally just like a madman and he just befriended a fruit. <laughs> he kept it his entire life. Sorry, no, the business with this it. This is my partner, <laughs> Orange. And it's just an orange was just like an orange he with a pencil stabbed through it, and he just like uses it to draw the buildings. <laughs> uh, but actually, maybe looks okay. like it's definitely. Uh, a name. There's some real weird names going on in this article. The company was first started off, it says, by Mr. Granville Sharp, who lived from 1825 to 1899, uh, a businessman who had been sent out of the colony of Hong Kong to open a branch of the Commercial Bank of India. The story of Granville Sharp, a distant conver- a distant cousin of the famous Conversation Sharp? Uh, Alright. Uh, and of his <laughs> wife Matilda, in whose name Granville set up the Matilda Hospital in Hong Kong, is told in Joyce's Joyce Smith's book. Having enormous faith in the future of Hong Kong, Granville Sharp had morphed into a major land dealer and acquired the nickname the notorious professional philanthropist and champion land jobber. That's not a nickname. Quite a nickname. That's not a nickname. That's a <laughs> sentence. How can we shorten this man's name? <laughs> ah, yes, an entire sentence. <laughs> the perfect idea. <laughs> Connections were key to success. One of close, uh, one close friend of Sharp's, Sir Paul Chater, helped support the firm with uh, commissions. It sounds to me like this is a bunch of um, p- people from England going to Hong Kong and then setting up stuff. Mostly that. I mean, that's pretty much what was going on at that point in time. Like, if you think about it, Hong Kong was still Britain until, like, the late 90s. So, hmm. it was a very, very English enterprise, for sure, for sure. Eventually, Mr. Sharp uh, met Danby, and they found new partners. Mr. Sharp leaving the firm in 1880, with Lee joining in 1882, and James Orange in 1890. So... <laughs> <laughs> the guy who started everything left and just left these two guys who were not in the beginning of this at all just running the whole show. It's kind of crazy. And yet they also, like, historically speaking, consider themselves the same company. I guess everything must have been, like, amicable. <laughs> like, Sharp just must not want yeah. to have done it anymore or something. I guess so. Yeah, let's go back to the list of buildings and see what they got here. All right. Old Mental Hospital. The old one. <laughs> They didn't build a new one. They built the <laughs> old one first. Welcome to the brand new old mental hospital. It looks like they just kind of... Like, they did... That whole thing was definitely not there. That one looks like it was only the first two stories of it were there. And then they just kind of built around it because they could. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you got, like, the Queen's building... Seems like there's a bunch of like um, governmental 
buildings. Ooh, that's cool. The, uh... Ohale Synagogue. Leia. Ooh! It looks like a little slug. Yeah. <laughs> they show you it from above, so unfortunately, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what it looks like. It looks like somebody is looking out their hotel room and then took a picture, and that's the one that ended up on Wikipedia. Did you see the little lead? Yeah. Like somebody was thinking about jumping, and they were like, oh, well, here's a nice picture first. <laughs> and let's not get into the... Cantonese pronunciation of it when they try to anglicize it and then a bunch of numbers come out. <laughs> Jiao 4, Tall 3, Gao 1, Lei 6, Naga 3, <laughs> Tong 4. Okay. <laughs> sure, that's how English is. That is how we words. That other episode where they had a 7 in their language. Which was not. Which it was like a somehow, space sound. It was like a yeah. Yeah, it was something like weird. Like a yeah, and then like a breath. Yeah. <laughs> An old pathological institute. They really like using the word They old. do like old pathological. They do like old medical institutes. They'll never build a new one. <laughs> and that is a true fact. There are no buildings with the word new in the in, <laughs> in, in this uh, architecture firms. Ooh. They have a Hong Kong Science Park Phase 2. Oh, I like Phase 2. That's the one with Iron Man in it. <laughs> so is Phase 1. But. What is going on there, though? If you look at the science park, there's like a giant... Oh, wow. Looking at that thing hurts your head a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> this is a little orb. Yeah, I don't know what... But it looks like it doesn't exist in space, right? Like, it looks like a yeah. it looks like an Escher painting somehow. Like, it looks like it's... Yeah, it looks like it shouldn't be there. Yeah, it looks like it's three-dimensional on the right side and then two-dimensional on the left side. Something like that, <laughs> kind of. I don't know why. It's probably just the yeah, picture that's weird. throwing me off. But it's also design, for sure. Like, it's deliberate. I wonder what's in there. Maybe it's, uh... Like a planetarium or something. TVB City, Hong Kong. I'm assuming that's some type Two of... 2V determined. <laughs> Television thing? Uh, yeah. TV. B. TVB. But it's a city of TVB. Yeah. It's a broadcasting block. They built a whole city. They built this city on TV and probably not rock and roll. Probably not. I mean, it's a British architecture firm. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) But it's in Hong Kong, so maybe uh, some pop star... Maybe it's less rock and roll than everything else from <laughs> <Yeah>. Britain. <laughs> I like some of these pictures, like the CEO office tower. I don't know why terrible name. There's but a company called CEO. Like, is that just where all the CEOs <laughs> live? That's where they go to work and feel like they're normal people again. They just like they leave their corner offices behind. They go here to this building that looks like a slice of toast, <laughs> and then <laughs> they go in and they just like sit in a cubicle all day and pretend to be like a miserable normal person. Hey, look at me. I'm a normal person. I'm a normal keyboard man. I <laughs> am a keyboarding on this keyboard. Make fun of all their employees there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh, show, like, uh, you don't, like, the Hidden Boss show, when the boss goes oh, yeah. in disguise. <laughs> so it's just a whole, a whole building of that, and the employees have to go in disguise, and they see their bosses in there acting like <laughs> what they think the employees are. That would actually be a good show. That would be a good show. <laughs> Uh, where they get bosses that are fundamentally removed from the workforce to the extent of an impractical break with reality. <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy watching this. Looks like we got um, a piece of ballism here. With the Kadori Biological Sciences Building. It's got a lot of outward things. And they jut forward. At you. And I also like the Run Run Shaw Creative Media Center. <laughs> run Run. Uh, I'm sorry, but it was, it was good. <laughs> good name. Good name. So where do we go from here? We could go to Hong go Kong Land. Uh, I don't know what Hong Kong Land is. But Hong Kong Land. It's a thing. If we don't, we know barely anything about Hong Kong. Maybe we're missing out on Hong Kong land. 
the land in which Hong Kong. It's like a, a theme park that is Hong Kong scaled down. <laughs> so it's Hong Kong within Hong Kong. Like Snetsky, New York. It would be a great thing. <laughs> Let's go to Hong Kong land. <laughs> Hong Kong land. Honky Tonk land. Wait. It's one word, Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hong Kong land. Uh, it's a uh, property uh, investment company. Not anywhere remotely close to an amusement park. Nah. But they sure do own property. Look at those property they own. <laughs> so maybe they're like... Um, maybe it's literally like Hong Kong land. As in like this is land of Hong Kong that we have for sale. Yes. Now they do have a lot of commercial buildings down here. And they show you all of them. In Hong Kong they actually don't have that much land. They have a fair amount. <laughs> But they have more land in in Singapore, Jakarta, Macau, and Hanoi, and Beijing. They even have a building called Gaysorn in <laughs> Bangkok. <laughs> That's I'm going to go see what Gaysorn <laughs> is about. <laughs> it's, it's called that. It's called Gaysorn. <laughs> Up, oh, it's an external website. Wow. I'm going off of Wikipedia. I'm going off the grid. <laughs> not only that, but well, Gaysorn is not loading. Oh, here it is. This is strange. Oh, no. This is very strange. There's, You can switch gender filter. What? From her to him. Oh, yeah. Or him to her. Oh, yeah. How about this? I guess that's uh, like to show you what... I don't even know what... This is... Is this like a peril, or...? Is it supposed to be something that we know? Because it... I... Is it a store? I guess it's a store. There's theme shopping. It, it kind of looks like a store with, like... Like a department store. Like a de yeah, I think, I think it might be a department store. But there's store. only one of them. Like, department stores used to be before chains became an idea. <laughs> like, you know how Macy's used to be before they went crazy and bought every shopping mm. mall? Yeah, I feel like Macy's is one of those things that's like, it's better if there's just one in New York and then that's like a thing that you can go to, you know? Exactly. And I guess it's kind of like a destination thing for Bangkok. Like people can go to their Bangkok and they get their gay sword on. Or they can go to Singapore and they can go to one Raffles Quay. <laughs> Which is loading, and oh my, that is an intimidating building. And the website makes them gleam and shimmer. There's North Tower and South Tower. Whoa. They are office towers. <laughs> so you can't go there. They kind of look like TV screens. They do. They're just so big and so bad. However, in Hong Kong, they do own Prince's Building. Not to be confused with the artist formerly known as, which is a building that was made by Lee and Orange in Hong Kong. Uh -huh. Now, that building has been on the same site for many years. However, they keep making prints over and over again. There's the first prince's building and the second prince's building. They just keep making cooler looking <laughs> prince's buildings. The prince's building. Maybe they make one for each new prince. That could be it. And as soon as he becomes the king, they have to shut it down. Get mm. rid of it. In Jakarta, they have six World Trade Centers. The whole World Trade Center in Jakarta? Yeah. That's uh, mm. Indonesia, correct? Um, Not entirely sure. Jakarta Land, jointly owned by CCM and Hong Kong Land. <laughs> WTC1, WTC2, WTC3. So WTC1 looks like a normal bank, 
I don't mean like yeah. a bank skyscraper. I mean like a bank with a few more offices in it than the normal bank you would go to. <laughs> yeah. So that's really underwhelming. It's just an HSBC. WTC2 looks like it's almost a real skyscraper. Mm-hmm. WTC3 looks like it's too much of a skyscraper. <laughs> it looks like the United Nations building. It really varies like between the atrium at the bottom of it and then the shape of it. It looks very much like the United Nations building. Yeah, and there's like no skyscrapers or even real buildings anywhere nearby. There's there's not. So it's like it's just kind of it's just like a, in a field yeah, there's a skyscraper just sitting around. It's which is kind of weird because I don't get the impression that Jakarta really has that many skyscrapers. So mm. eh, <laughs> seems like an odd choice. Um, there's no WTC four. Nope, they skipped right reason. to five. <laughs> Five is a hotel. I mean, it's not, but it looks like one. Yeah. And finally, we got towards WTC6. Another hotel that's also a bank. Okay, cool. Good. And then behind it, you see, like, the actuality of Jakarta in that <laughs> picture. In World Trade Center 6, there's, like, all these little, like, huts and tents in the background on the ground. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> yeah. That seems more apt. That seems more to the point. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So back uh, to reality. Up oh, there goes World WTC. Up <laughs> oh, there goes WTC two. WF Century. We gotta get out of this holdings. <laughs> this holdings of Hong Kong land. We gotta find. Yeah. I was really hoping they would own an amusement park, also known as Hong Kong land. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. What I think would be good would be to go to the ominously named The Landmark. The Landmark. The landmark. Hmm. Which is another it's major the- focal <laughs> point for Central. <laughs> it is The Landmark. It was completed in two phases. Comprised of two 47-level office blocks. Wow, that actually sounds less exciting now. Never mind. Never mind. This is they're all just office buildings, man. What do you want me to do here? I don't The funnest thing in this article is that the company also acquired a large tract of land in Pakfu Lam. Well there is a link to Central Elevated Walkway. That sounds oh, like it could be interesting. That could be good. Central Elevated Walkway, you say. Cause that could be just a thing and not like a you know proper noun thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that could be a real thing. Let's do that. Alright, central elevator walkway. Oh, it looks cool. Oh, okay, we already got some cool pictures. Here, here. we go. So what's the story on this thing? It's an extensive footbridge network uh, spanning Admiralty, Central, <laughs> and parts of randomly now Asian word, Xing Wan. Near Victoria Harbor in Hong Kong. Hmm. So this is a thing, like a specific thing, but it does look cool. It's got like these lights on the. Wait, yeah, like there's lights along the bottom of the walls that kind of light the floor a little bit. Kind of looks like an airport a little bit, but just like one that goes on for forever. <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind walkways that look like airports. Me too. It's kind of nice that there's like a pedestrian walkway that like you don't have to pay to use it. You're just you're yeah. just safe. You're inside. You walk from place to place. If it's raining, doesn't matter. Is there snow? Doesn't matter. Cold? Doesn't <laughs> matter. Hot? Doesn't matter. Just go. Don't pay for don't pay for anything. <laughs> just get in there and walk to your walk to your place. You can look at this little chart. It is quite the system. It's like a, a subway system of just walkways. It's like connected to all these different buildings. Infinitus Plaza. I keep seeing Plaza and thinking it says pizza. Two <laughs> China Chem Pizza. <laughs> and yeah. oh, man, there's the there's former Central place. Market. Seems like it made its exit at the wrong time because it was about to have a really cool <laughs> high tech walkway running through it. Yeah. But you can also take it to the post office. That's handy. Everybody's always yeah. complaining about how you can't get to the post office. Well, now you can. <laughs> Inconvenience and style. Got the Galleria. 
entertainment building. Oh, and then there is another walkway in the Admiralty. And Admiralty uh, connects to the central system. So this is just one part of the overall puzzle. It goes on. Oh, yeah, they got pictures of more parts of the walkway here, too. That's really cool. Yeah, this... this I kind of wish we had walkways here. I do, too. Like, this would be really neat. Like, the closest thing we do is have staircases up the sides of hills every now and again, whenever it's, like, a hilly city, and we're like, I guess (laughs) it's not safe to make people walk straight up this. Here, let's let's build stairs. That makes sense. But it's not... It's never, like... Nobody ever thought, Hey, I was walking down the street, and it started raining... And I didn't have my umbrella, and I didn't have my coat because I didn't check the weather. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we could walk someplace without getting rained on? Like nobody's had that idea here. Everybody's just like, yeah. I gotta get soaked. If I don't, I can't say anything about it because if I do, and everybody's gonna laugh at me. They're gonna call me, <laughs> call me names. They're gonna say I'm weak. They're gonna say I'm a mess. They're gonna say I'm a big fat mistake. You're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, yeah, but I mean, that would be really convenient. Who wouldn't want to walk through air conditioning? Yeah. Like if... And even like if it goes from air conditioning to like a breezeway. Whatever. Where like the sides are open, like you still have a roof. Yeah. And it's cool. It's so much better than just walking around. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to go outside, you still have the option, but you don't have to be sunburnt. You don't have to use sunscreen (laughs) on really sunny days. You don't have to be wet. Like... There are a lot you of. You don't have to deal with like being around traffic. Yeah, and you get you stuff. get above it. You literally get above all the fumes and the fray. Yeah. Well, I think this is the future. I think this yeah, cutting edge. This is the real the real evolution of transportation. This is the real way to do economical transportation, like ecologically sound transportation. Mm-hmm. Just make people walk. Just make them walk places. <laughs> like if they're not using any vehicle, then boom, problem solved. <laughs> No, no, no pollution, no cars at yeah. all. Just get rid of cars. We're going back to being on foot. <laughs> it's gonna be the Jetsons. It's gonna be the Jetsons. Dang it! We're gonna eventually. We're gonna make these things automated. You're gonna hop on it. It's just gonna take you. Hmm. It's gonna be a little conveyor belt. There's a link to escalators in here. There probably have to be some. It looks like there's some like stair indicators and escalators. Um, that connect to different like buildings and that take you down to gardens or to various like sidewalks on the first level of the road, that kind of thing. But you know, if there's a link to escalators, I could be totally down for learning about the history of the escalator because to me, yeah, the <laughs> elevator has always seemed like, yeah, just just make one of those, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the escalator is like, this is cool. It's cool because it's unnecessary. But why is it here? Because it's unnecessary. <laughs> so I think I think escalators would be a cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's check out escalators. Escalators. Well, unsurprisingly, an escalator is a type of vertical transportation in the form of a moving staircase, a conveyor transport device for carrying people between floors of a building. Uh, escalators are used around the world to move pedestrian traffic in places where elevators would be impractical. Ah. Mm. Principal areas of usage include department stores, shopping malls, airports, transit systems, convention centers, hotels, arenas, stadiums, train stations, subways, and public buildings. Okay. So, reviewing that list, I can tell you that shopping malls, that's not an issue. (laughs) Department stores, <laughs> that's not an issue. Uh, airports, okay. Airports, transit systems, convention centers, I get it, because then you need to like yeah. be able to facilitate mass influxes of people. Right. And elevators, and it, you can't and keep just, it. Like, yeah. yeah, elevators you have to wait for. Yeah. So if it's in a place where you're able to wait, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. if it's in some place where you just, like, just got to pack people in there, just get them in and get them out, I get why... Because you can speed up the elevator, too. Or the escalator, I mean. Like, in an elevator, it's at yeah. that speed. That's it. <laughs> and then, God forbid, somebody jump in that thing while you're on there, and then you have to, like, <laughs> wait. Somebody broke the yeah. thing. And uh, as Mitch Hedberg once so aptly put, 
An elevator can never, or an escalator can never be broken. It can just become stairs. That's true. <laughs> that is one of the most true things anybody has ever said. And I respect escalators for that, you know? Yeah. Like, just cool. It's like, if they're broken, just, just start just, walking. Okay, <laughs> they're not broken. They're just, yeah. they're still something. It's not an elevator where it's like, is it broken? Congratulations, call the fire company. You're screwed. <laughs> Your day's gone. You're done. There's a lovely video here oh. from 2011 <laughs> showing an escalator in action. In case <laughs> you really need to know. It is at the very high quality bit rate of maybe 480. It probably, probably is less. recorded on a flip phone. Yep. <laughs> Submitted by Polynesian Letters. Okay. Now, escalator.ogv. That's a good video. The, most common the original gangster video, video format. <laughs> Did you know that there are escalators on the way to <laughs> the Christ the Redeemer statue on the top of the mountain in Rio de Janeiro? Because I didn't know that. That seems like a weird. In case you need an escalator. What's outside? I thought, elevators, is, I thought yeah. escalators had to be inside. I thought they had to be under a That's roof. That's true. Like, isn't it weird that there's like this electrically it, powered... Yeah, if, the, if it like rained or something... Then you just couldn't go see Jesus. You're not allowed to go see Christ the Redeemer that day. Nope. So there's a lot of uh, various operations. There's uh, a, a various uh, layouts of these escalator systems that can be used in different formats. There are the uh, multi-parallel layouts, which if you've ever been to like something like the uh, DC Metropolitan uh, system, if you've ever gone to Washington DC and gone on the on the metro there, that it has a system very much like that for their larger subway stations, where it's just multiple escalators side by side, all of them either going up or down depending on what the signs say. Um, there's also things like a crisscross layout, which is a little more rare, where you have one elevator going up and another elevator going down. You usually see this in kind of a uh, department store sort of uh, setup when they yeah. try to like make you walk around a whole through a whole bunch of other like <laughs> racks of things they want to sell you. Yeah. And then you have to. And then you get to the escalator and, and you're like, oh wait, this is the going up I one. Need I need going down, down one. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been to the annoying shopping mall where that is the layout. The crisscross layout, surprisingly, does not serve a purpose. It's only to make you walk through further racks of things. No, I'm kidding. There's actually a, a reason for that. <laughs> it's to make uh, different di different uh, directions of elevator fit in, this, in a narrower space. Hmm. Now, the components of an elevator. There are landing platforms, uh, curved sections at the end of the tracks, holding gears that drive the stairs, generally speaking. There's also the truss, which is a hollow metal structure that bridges the lower and upper landings. There's the tracks, the system built into the truss to guide the step chain, which continuously pulls the steps from the bottom platform and back to the top in an endless loop. There are actually two tracks, one for the front wheels of the steps, called the step wheel track, and one for the back wheels of the steps, called the trailer wheel track. The relative positions of these tracks cause the steps to form a staircase as they move out from under the com comb plate. Along the straight section of the truss, the tracks are at their maximum distance apart. This configuration forces the back of one step to be at a 90 degree angle relative to the step behind it. This right angle bends the steps into a shape resembling a staircase. <laughs> At the top and bottom of the escalator, the two tracks converge so that the front and back wheels of the steps are almost in a straight line. This causes the stairs to lay flat like a sheet, one after the other, so they can easily travel around the bend in the curved section of the track, which then carries them back down to the beginning of the track and thus brings the whole thing together. There's also the steps. The steps themselves are solid, one-piece die-cast aluminum or steel. Uh, yellow demarcation lines may be added to clearly indicate their edges so that you don't hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the handrail where it guides you along and pulls you with the elevator until it catches you in it and then eats your coat. <laughs> so watch out for that. And if there is uh, two escalators and you sit in the middle of the handrails, it spins you around and it's really yes, cool. Yes, exactly. Very cool. However, there are many accidents to the extent that 
There is also litigation on the issue. Um, <laughs> the King's Cross Fire of 1987, King's mm. Cross being that big uh, railway station in the middle of London, uh, mm. illustrated the demanding nature of escalator upkeep and the device's propensity to collect fluff when not properly maintained. That doesn't sound okay. pleasant. Uh, fluff. Yes, fluff is in parentheses. doesn't really tell us about that, and it's British, so it's who knows what they actually mean. <laughs> um, in the official inquiry that followed the Fennel Report, it was determined that the fire started slowly, smoldered virtually undetected for a time, then exploded into the ticket hall above in a previously unrecognized phenomenon known as the trench effect. In the escalator's undercarriage, approximately 8,000 kilograms, equivalent to roughly 19,400 pounds of accumulated debris, acted as a wick to a neglected huh. buildup of interior lubricants, wood veneers, paper and plastic advertisements, solvent-based paint, plywood in the ticket hall, and melamine combustion, which added to the impact of the calamity. As a result of the report, older wooden escalators were removed from service in the London Underground. <laughs> Additionally, sections of the London Underground that were actually below ground were made non-smoking. Eventually, the whole system became a smoker-free zone. Well, I can't say I've ever ridden on a wooden escalator. I have. They're still in service. They're still really? around. Um, one of the places that comes to mind immediately is the original Macy's store in downtown Manhattan. If you go there, some of their elevators are modern. Or, sorry, some of their escalators are modern, but some of their elev their escalators on, like, the upper floors are still mm. this wooden nonsense. And it's really <laughs> scary because it's wood, and it's much less refined than the metal plates you see today. They're very old school, mm. so the teeth are much thicker. So it's like a do-or-die situation because <laughs> you, like, have these wooden teeth that are thicker and taller coming at you. There's fewer of them, but they're just like, it's just wider, so you're just like, that's going to hit me, it's going to really hurt. Like, it doesn't, it's not as friendly as today's elevators, where like, the mesh is like this like super thin, super like, yeah. knitted, short comb thing that kind of interweaves, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it seems safe, like, what's it going to do? It's just going to comb my leg hair some if I get tripped up. Like, it's fine. <laughs> nope, not the Macy's one. Macy's one's going to pummel you. Macy's one's going to mm. blunt force trauma you to death. <laughs> like, that's... It's like uh, wooden roller coasters or something. Kind like, of how, the difference between ro wooden and yep. Because I know if I was on a wooden roller coaster, it chase you all about. Kind of. <laughs> you do yeah, the hokey pokey and it chase you all about. <laughs> and then if you get on a steel roller coaster, it's just kind of like this is thrilling, but also moderately more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know that escalators have a grip at their side for passengers aboard to hold? I learned that what? from going down an escalator. Jpg. Okay. <laughs> That that helps. <laughs> Thanks, going down an escalator, JPG. You should also hold the handrail and stand firm. The escalator moves fast at 30 to 39 meters per minute. The elderly, <laughs> infirm passengers or passengers with children are advised to use elevators or stairs instead. Mm. I learned this from escalatorcaution.jpg. <laughs> Oh, there's some uh, pictures of like, the inside workings. Here. Ooh, finally. This is there good go. stuff. Yeah, all sorts of wheels. See the little gears there? There's a lot more going on in the escalators than typically see. Ooh, I like the uh, freestanding escalator that's like transparent. Ah. And you can see all the inner workings. Why aren't they all like that? I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of understand why, but... Oh, hey, look, there. There's a picture of the uh, Washington, D.C. metro, as I was talking about earlier. Possibly because... I don't know, it's really cool, but... Mm -hmm. Ooh, there's a list of the longest elevator systems, as well as Ooh. the longest oh. individual elevators. Holy crap. Spiral escalator in Times Square, Hong Kong. Spiral escalator. That is a picture. Oh, man. <laughs> Spiral escalator just sounds like I a great idea. <laughs> I want to go on I want to go on to this. that one. <laughs> like, why is it spiral? Why can't they all be this way? 
Yeah. Like, let's get creative. Let's make let's make crazy escalators. Let's Who see, cares? Make ones that wind all around. Yeah. Make it like a roller coaster ride, you know? You, keep refer- you really you just want to make a roller coaster you stand on, don't you? <laughs> you're yeah, really, exactly. You're really <laughs> slow on this concept. Yeah. I think it's doable, though. You just, I mean, like a slow roller coaster. A slower coaster. Well, I mean, it does... It, I mean, like you said, it was fast at 30 meters per minute. But yeah. It was so fast the elderly or the infirm should not use it, which is basically <laughs> the same regulations you already have on your standard garden variety roller coaster. So, same through level, probably. Yeah. Another interesting thing about uh, the escalator is that in 1950, the landmark case Haunton Elevator Company versus Seaburger precipitated the end of Otis's reign over the exclusive use of the word escalator. Apparently, the <laughs> Otis Elevator Company was the only company allowed to use escalator. Escalator was a trademark term, much like hmm. Kleenex was. Uh, and it also simultaneously, this case, I should say, simultaneously created a cautionary study for companies and individuals interested in trademark retention, hmm. confirming the contention of the examiner of trademark interfen- inter- interferences. <laughs> Assistant Commissioner of Patents Murphy's desi- decision rejected the Otis Elevator Company's appeal to keep their trademark intact and noted that the term escalator is recognized by the general public as the name for a moving stairway and not the source thereof. Um. Observing that the Otis Elevator Company had used the term as a generic descriptive term in a number of patents which had been issued to them and in their advertising matter. All trademark protections were removed from the word escalator and the term was officially genericized, and it fell into the public domain. Hmm. I think they lost out on that one. Yeah. I recognize Otis. Um, I think they also make elevators. They do. They do. I mean, it stands to reason that they would. an escalator company would <laughs> also make elevators. You kind of see what I mean, though. Uh, this Otis elevator down here... Um, underneath the Macy's Times Square. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. They actually have a picture of the Macy's elevator from Times Square. Oh, God, it's like nightmares. Look at those teeth. It's under uh, extant historic escalator models. Um, And those two pictures right there. If you look at it up close, (laughs) you notice how much wider those teeth are? Look at those. That's the wooden elevator. The wooden escalator, I should say. I keep saying that. Um, (laughs) But look at those. Those teeth. And then, like, when when the steps form... Those things stick out so far, and it looks like if you like <laughs> ran into the other and like you hit your shins on them, like your shins would just go away. They wouldn't yeah. even be broken; they just wouldn't have existed. Like if you <laughs> make contact with those edges of those stairs, I don't know, man. Macy's just it's not not the place for me. Now, while the longest escalator in the world are uh, installed in deep underground stations of the St. Petersburg Metro. Um, 449 feet long and 225 feet high. Hmm. There is also there, there is also a long f- the longest freestanding elevator in the world, which is inside CNN Center's atrium in Atlanta. It is eight stories high, 200 feet long. Originally built as the entrance of to the amusement park, the world of Sid and Marty Croft, the escalator is now used for <laughs> CNN studio tours. Hold on, what's that? <laughs> what? what is going on here? What is... The world of Sid and Marty Croft. And Croft is spelled with two Fs. Croft. Croft. I've never heard of this amusement park. But it has an eight-story escalator entering into it. It's in the middle of downtown Atlanta, Georgia. We almost have to look into this now. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where we gotta go. That's where we gotta go. Yeah. The world of City It was an amusement park in Atlanta, Georgia, based on various TV shows produced by the sibling duo Sid and Marty Croft. Who are you? Who are these people? <laughs> It was notable for being the world's first entirely indoor amusement park. That's code for lame. That's code for the world's first lame amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) Beginnings. The park was built in the Omni International Complex. It opened with great fanfare, sure, on May 26, (laughs) 1976, and was featured prominently at the host segments during the first season of the Saturday morning program 
Craft Super Show. <laughs> Still, amazingly, it suffered from poor attendance and was closed just six months later on November 10th. Wow. Six months. Yep. That's all it took. Well, it would help if people knew who Sid and Marty Croft were. But it also helps to have an amusement park outside. Like, if it's outside, it's, so, it's <laughs> yeah. its own advertisement. You can't drive by the thing and be like, oh, no amusement yeah. park here. But if it's indoors... Yeah, if you drive by a big, giant it's building, like, it's not as exciting. There's probably as... a distribution center in there. Like, what's Amazon doing? And they're, they're probably <laughs> shipping stuff. Okay. Nothing to see here. you got to see all those big swirls and circles and arcs and yeah. all the crazy fun and stuff. And the colors and the on. lights. At night, at night, the lights yeah, are a yeah. huge feature. All the fun lights you can slap on a roller coaster, a Ferris wheel, <laughs> uh, one of those giant towers that scares you half to death if you're afraid of heights. <laughs> um... Then you hear all the noise coming yeah. out of it, you know, like people laughing. It's an experience, and you hear the splashes of the rides, the roars yeah. of the roller coasters as they go. Man, I gotta get to the music park. I'm being way too nostalgic <laughs> about this right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but no, like I can understand exactly why this would not have worked. Uh, others noted that the park was overpriced. Uh. But the Crofts blamed the fact that at the time, downtown Atlanta was experiencing urban decay, and it was just not considered mm. safe for a family outing. Which is, like, again, another interesting choice for the amusement park. Like, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a city? Are you sure? Like, you can, yeah. but why? It's more expensive, and it's less family-friendly. Yeah. What were they thinking? I mean, it's a cool idea because of the fact that it doesn't make sense, but it's also an impractical <laughs> idea because of the fact that it doesn't make sense. So, um, Mr. Or Dr. Dana White, professor of urban studies in Atlanta, remarked, people were thinking of it as a full-day family experience, but it only took a couple hours. <laughs> it wasn't worth the money or the drive. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, typically amusement parks, you're like, hey, I want to hit up as much stuff as I can. Because obviously I'm not going to be able to go to everything in one right. day. But if you're able to like make the rounds in like a couple hours, that's not a good. Mm -mm. Well, what? Well, let's see what they have in uh, yeah. going on in this place. Had to be something, right? Um, they had elaborate attractions such as a large carousel adorned with mythological creatures of crystal and. A giant pinball machine-themed dark ride mm -hmm. in which the riders would sit inside large ball-shaped pods and ricochet through the machine. Visitors received a ticket booklet with four tickets, one for each area. Most started at the top floor by riding the world's longest freestanding escalator. That was a ride? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they worked their way down through the four areas of the park. See, now, I could maybe get behind a theme park where you descend deep into the earth and it's like this crazy, weird, yeah. you know, like... That seems exciting. Thing. That's a cool entrance. Yeah. I mean, it's also a terrifying entrance because if the only way into and out of the park is by one escalator, <laughs> then it's just like one, like, tragic flaw away from being a horror film. Yeah. But, I mean, you could do cool stuff with, like, having a roller coaster come, like, up out of the ground. Yeah. And then go back down in. And, like, so you have, like, all this dark, you know, twisty tunnels. And maybe it's, like, a Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, like, you know, mine cart thing. You're, like, going around in, like, this dark mine. And then you come up out for, like, a few seconds. And it's, like, crazy. You're talking about that mine, that mine roller coaster yeah. at that Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But like underground, going up. Going up from like, the underground. Yeah. So like starting out Space Mountain-esque. Yeah. Coming out uh, outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean like I've built that in Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> and that would have been like a great opportunity for them to do that and nobody did it. Nope. Oh well. And they could have had it just coming out of the building even. Like it just would have been cool looking just be like, "Oh, there's a building with a roller coaster coming out of it like that." <laughs> yeah, cuz they catch can attention. See something. Yes. You know? Just one thing. Yeah. Just one thing. I know you're already spending God knows how much on this money, uh, money on this park, but still. Yeah. 
Okay, well... But the different places, uh, there's Tranquility Terrace, which occupies the top three levels out of six. Mm-hmm. That's followed by Uptown on the next lowest level, and then Lidsville on the next, and then Living Island Adventure on the bottom level. So... Visitors entered the park at its uppermost level via a multi-story escalator. Okay, so... This picture down here kind of explains what's okay, going on. Okay, so the, you start out outside, go up an escalator to the top floor of the building. No. No? Look at the picture. It's kind of like a Times Square... Or not Times Square. Rockefeller Center sort of thing. Oh. Uh, so you can, it looks you're like on street a museum level. from the outside. Yeah, you kind of descend down into this pit. And that's <laughs> that's the entry experience to the park. You start out so, on top, and then you just kind of go down. Honestly, it sounds more like a department store than anything else. It really does. <laughs> just like because in the department store, you kind of go up on an escalator, and then yep. you're like looking around, and then you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. And, and then you wander around until you finally find the exit. And you requit yourself to the idea of you not wanting to be here anymore, yeah. take, needing, necessitating now action <laughs> to be taken on that thought. Yep, that's that's what this is, basically. It's Department Store the Ride. Yep. Now, moving down from the reception level was the first carnival level, presided over by a stilt-walking master of ceremonies <laughs> and featuring three circus trailers, each with a different performer. These shows were prevent- presented in circus trailers. A performer in costume did a two to three minute show to a different narrator or performer's voice. The middle trailer featured Betty Broadbent, a purple belly dancing rhino <laughs> who was voiced by <laughs> Ruth Buzzy. Okay. Okay. The next floor was a transition level and included a caricature artist and an overlook for the stage show below. The next floor featured a live performance stage and a number of different shops and artisans. Shows included a slack rope walker, a trio of break dancers known as 33 and a third RPM, <laughs> and a song and dance show that started Pity, Patty Maloney. Uh, events throughout the park featured other little people, including Debbie Dixon, who was later in Star Wars, and twin brothers John and Greg Rice, who were listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's shortest living twins until John's death in 2005. A gift shop, food emporium, and a glassblower shop completed this level. Sounds like a really half-boring <laughs> amusement park. It is also yeah. half-shopping mall in here. Right. Yeah, they had uh, the lower level featuring a Croft forest themed and incorporated uh, theater with a live action Croft character show, as well as crafts, not Croft, crafts stall with a leather crafts person. Um, the park also had a pinball. Oh, they already mentioned that. Why do they keep re hashing <laughs> things? Probably because they don't have that much That's in this true. park. That's it's already true. half of. It's already half a shopping mall. <laughs> Uh, the various floors of the park were largely open to the main atrium of the Omni. The ground level of the Omni also featured a skating rink. Where you could entertain yourself, darn it. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, not it here. Like We're not here to amuse you. Get more, on the ice. Like, <laughs> a, I don't know. It's not like rides. It's just uh-uh. a lot of stuff that you can you go would to. do or see or have a caricature of yourself <laughs> made of. Like, hmm. what? While launched with much hoopla in the national press and incorporating quality performances and entertainment options, many of the performers came from Los Angeles to perform in the park <laughs> during its opening run. Wow. A visit to the park was priced close to that for a ticket to Six Flags over Georgia, so many of the target visitors opted for the larger park, which provided all-day entertainment. Further, the Omni was a bold development in what was then viewed as a transitional inner-city area close to major housing projects. <laughs> when the world of Sid and Marty Croft closed, many of the other shops and venues went through a similar transition. The park's area was largely vacant. A dinner theater operated for a short period on one of the lower levels, but eventually <laughs> closed. 
Like, why would you loan shop open on the lowest <laughs> level possible? Just like you have to go all the way to the basement. There's a shop down there. It happens to be a dinner theater. It's the creepiest dinner theater in all of in all of the world. But like, it's down there. It's eight. It's in the eighth floor basement. <laughs> <laughs> All by itself, it'll go past the disused glass blower shop and, and an abandoned skating rink, but just keep, keep on going. It's down there. Just don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Hang a right at the old caricature booth, and then hang a left over by the pinball machine ride, and then you're just you're right around the corner from it. It's down there. Just trust us. How do I get to trust the dinner us. theater? You're only going to be robbed four times on the way in and out. Just totally descend worth it. into the furthest depths of the earth. Yep. Like, why? Who? <sighs> this isn't... This just wasn't... I, <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is not... I, at this point, I don't even want to know who Sid and Marty Croft are. I don't like them. I <laughs> just don't... I just know I, like I don't I like knew, them as people. If I knew anything that they created, I would not be happy. I would be like, they made that? It just sounds like they are not on our radar at all for a good reason. Yeah. Now, I just thought of an amusement park that I would like to have seen. Rankin Bass. That would be fun. That would be a good one. Rankin Bass? Yeah. Like a claymation theme park? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do, let's make this thing happen. Let's do it. Let's get some little, <laughs> drummer, little drummer boy action up in here. All right, well, there you have it. From Lee and Orange to the world of Sid and Marty Croft. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. Um, so, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can go figure out what a Sid and Marty Croft are, listener, because, boy, do I not care about them. <laughs> They're still alive, though, so, you know. Yeah. Hopefully they don't... Listen, they're also in Canada. Oh, no, what have oh. we done? <laughs> <laughs> if, if our luck has anything to say, it's just... Either us mentioning them is going to kill them, or... Oh, yeah, man. Or... Or we'll end up having alienated two people who actually will listen to our <laughs> podcast for some crazy reason. Okay. We do have weird, strange powers on this podcast. It's true. <laughs> this podcast, that nobody, nobody's paying attention to us, but what we're doing underneath <laughs> the surface is it's subtle, but it's deadly. Like, just yeah. gotta... We, we make things happen when we talk we about pull, things. <laughs> we pull the strings. We are the dreamers of dreams. <laughs> and we are the music makers. Ah, I did it backwards. End it. Just stop the recording. All right. Stop it. <laughs> well, give us a like and follow anyway. Go to those things that have things that you can do and make us feel better. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Louis Armstrong for putting up with us in our show. Thanks, Louis. And thanks to Manuel Remain for getting us out of here. Man, that's well. <laughs> so thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Oh, wow. What a thing. <laughs> So Sam and Marty Croft are these puppeteers. They're like knockoff Jim Henson's. <laughs> they have like marionettes and stuff. I guess the Canadians thought they were all the rage. But they used large-headed puppets and they had high-concept plots <laughs> in their movies. High-concept plots with puppets. Yep, they're still making TV projects. There's a TV project they're making called Mutt and Stuff. <laughs> it's from 2015. It's a Nick Jr. series. Mutt and Stuff. Mutt and Stuff. I'm trying to see if there's anything in here that I recognize. They did Land of the Lost. That was them. The Dean Martin show they worked on, HR Puff and Stuff. Hmm. Okay, so they are relatively well-known. Just, you know, not known for being them. Their, their <laughs> stuff is more known than they are. But, hey, whatever. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> they did some stuff of note. They were like the Tim and Eric of their day, it looks like. They just made like weird campy shows. <laughs> Horror Hotel, The Lost Island, uh, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl... 
Bigfoot and Wild Boy, Far Out Space Nuts, The Lost Saucer, HR Puff <laughs> and stuff. Like, they, that's all they did. It was just all camp. Like, it was camp for the 60s camp. <laughs> Is that Mark Hamill? For, on the HR Puff and stuff comp. No, that's not him. What a weird thing, HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> yes. I'm not, I can't stop looking at it now, though. I looked at HR Puff and stuff one time. <laughs> Now his LSD-looking face is just, it's just, it's just uh, I can't. It's like a sad Ronald McDonald. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a trans Pac-Man. <laughs> 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 